Hello, everyone. Welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you joined me today, and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Open your Bibles, if you have them, to 2 Kings, the 7th chapter. 2 Kings, the 7th chapter. And I'm titling this message today, Make Your Move. Make Your Move. And you'll see what I mean by that as we get into this lesson. Now, in 2 Kings, the 7th chapter, the, uh, the city of Samaria had been cut off by the enemy, by the Syrians, and they had formed a blockade around the city and no supplies were uh, able to get in. And so the people in the city were starving. And it was a very, 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 very bad situation. No food or supplies could get into the city. People were starving and it was, they were in uh, dire straits. And uh, out at the gate of the city, in verse 3, 2 Kings 7, verse 3, the Bible says there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, now we have four leprous men. Remember, there's, there's a, a famine in the city. Okay, nobody's been, been able to eat. It's a bad situation. And we've got these four lepers at the gate of Samaria. And they say to one another, now notice what they say to one another. Why are we sitting here until we die? You know, that's, that's a good question to ask right there. Why are we sitting here until we die? If we, now verse four, if we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we shall die also. So, you know, this is like a multiple choice. It's not that difficult. You know, if we go, if we go back in the city, we're going to die there. No food there. If we just sit here, you know, just sit here, we're going to die. But they had a third choice and notice what it was. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians because, you know, the Syrians had the city surrounded and these Lepers say, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we, we're, we're going to die anyway. So, I mean, you know, they've got three choices. Stay where they're at. They're going to die. Go back into the city. That's a loser. Going to die there. So they say, let us go out into the enemy camp. And there, there's a chance they could, they could not kill us and and we, we could continue to live. And they, verse 5, now watch this. And they, the lepers, rose at twilight. Now I'm reading from the New King James Version. Uh, in your Bible, underline at twilight because it's very, very important to this story. At twilight, when did these lepers make their move to go out into the enemy camp? It was at twilight. Now that's very important. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. Verse six, for the Lord, boy, the Lord could do great things. Watch this. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against 
us, the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the, Egypt, the Egyptians to attack us. But it really wasn't so. It was the Lord causing them to, to hear that noise and flee. <laughs> and But watch this, verse 7. Therefore they, the Syrians, arose and fled. Now when did they arise and flee? At twilight. Underline that. At twilight. I'll come back to that. And left the camp intact, their tents and their horses and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Uh, then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. And then eventually they let the people in the city know and all of that. <laughs> hey, now just think about it. These lepers were at the gate. Dire situation. Can't go back in. The, well, they could go back into the city, but they're going to die. So they didn't do that. If we just sit at the gate, they're going to die. So they made a decision to go out into the enemy camp, which, you know, I mean, under normal circumstances, that would have been a good idea. But under these circumstances, you know, they, they did that, you know, dire people do dire things. And I tell you what, they went out into the enemy camp. And the next thing you know, they're eating, and they're drinking, and, and they're blessed. But here's the point that I want you to get. When, now listen, very carefully, very important. When did the enemy army, when did the Syrians flee? Well, verse 7, they fled at twilight. Now here's the thing. When did the lepers make their move? They made their move, verse 5, at twilight. Here's the point of this message. The lepers made their move. The title of this message is Make Your Move. The lepers made their move at twilight. And at the exact time the lepers made their move, God made his move and caused the Syrian army to hear this loud sound like as of another army, a bigger, badder army coming against them, and they fled. See, when the lepers made their move, God made his move, and the lepers, uh, you know, they were going to die of starvation, and now they're blessed, they're eating, and they're drinking, and and had actually it not only saved them, but if you read on, it saved the whole city of Samaria. Glory to God. But you see, the point of this message, titling it, Make Your Move, see when the lepers made their move, it was at twilight, then God made his move, it was at twilight, and a great blessing was experienced. Make your move. When you make your move, God will make his. You know, I've uh, been serving God a long time, many years, many decades. And, you know, sometimes in, in, uh, in dealing with the Lord, you know, and, and, and you ask, you ask uh, uh, a lot of people, good ministers and preachers this, they'll, they'll tell you the same thing because I've asked a lot of them over the years and, 
and they, they, they've said the same thing. It's kind of like a checker game. And a lot of times, you know, in a checker game, you know, you move and then the person you're playing against makes a move and so on. You know how checkers works. But, but, but a lot of good men of God will tell you this, and, and I've experienced it for myself, is that a lot of times with the Lord, it, it, we kind of fall into this, this checker game mentality. And we're waiting for God to make a move. We're waiting for him to do something. And, and lo and behold, when we get right down to it, he's been waiting on us. He's been waiting on us. And, 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 and a lot of times in your life, the reason things aren't happening and, and you just kind of going on in, in defeat, you're wondering why God isn't moving and doing anything. It's, it's because, you know, you've been waiting for him to move, but the whole time, He's been waiting on you to move. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, it, it, it's so important that we're led of the Spirit of God and we're sensitive to Him because I tell you what, if we're not, we can all fall into this checker game mentality where we think, well, is you know, we're just waiting for God to make His move. You know, yep, yep, well, I've been doing thus and so and 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 and, and I've been waiting around here and and, and, and I'm just waiting for God to, to make his move. But the whole time you get right down to it, he's been waiting on us. Like the lepers there in Samaria, you know, they could have been there at the, at, at, at the gate, you know, and they could have said, well, you know, I, I, you know, actually they could have just sat there and just, 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 you know, said, God, when are you going to move? When are you going to move? When are you going to move? Or they could have talked amongst themselves and said, you know, you know, I wonder when God's going to do something. Wonder when he's going to do something. But the whole time when you get right down to it, God was waiting on them to do something. He was waiting on them to make the move. And, 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 and they made that move at twilight. When they made their move, then God made his move, caused the enemy army to hear that noise of a bigger army. And they fled. And as we've said, a great blessing came to the lepers. And not only to the lepers, but if you read the rest of the story, uh, Samaria was 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 blessed as a result. So, you know, are you out there today and maybe you're waiting for God to do something? Maybe you're waiting for God to make his move. Well, you know, you need to seek him because there's a very good chance, a very good possibility. Now, we have to be led. I mean, you don't want to just start doing a bunch of stuff just to be doing them. But, but I mean, you can see these lepers. They didn't just do something just to be doing it. I mean, I mean, they were in a situation, you know, going that way. That ain't no good. Staying here. That ain't no good. Well, you know, let's go out into the enemy camp, which, like I said, under normal circumstances might not have been the right thing to do. But dire people do dire things. But yet they, they did something. They did something. They made that move. And when they moved, God moved. And so maybe you're out there, as I said, and you're, you know, things have been humdrum, mundane, and, and, and you just, you're just waiting for God to do something. Wait, you know, there's a lot of Christians just waiting for God to do something, waiting for God to do something. But I tell you what, all the time you get right down to it, he's waiting for us to do something. He's waiting for us to make a move. And when, like these lepers, when they made their move, then God made his move. You know, I'm going to read you some other stories here about about people who uh, who made moves, and then when they moved, God moved. Um, well, let's look at one right now here in Matthew, the uh, uh, fifth chapter. It's the centurion, 
And Matthew, uh, Matthew 8, rather, Matthew, the 8th chapter, Matthew 8, verse 5 says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I'll come heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant shall be healed. In verse 13, when Jesus said, uh, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you believe, so let it be done to you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Well, here it is again. See, that centurion, he had a servant that was was in bad shape, needed healing. Now, if he had just stayed back at the house and just, just said, Lord, when are you going to do something? Lord, when are you going to do something? Lord, when are you going to I'm waiting on you to do something, Lord. Nothing would ever happen. He made his move and he went to Jesus. And when he did, at, at verse 13, at that same hour when he got to Jesus and that centurion made his move, then his servant experienced the healing and the blessing. So it wasn't just, it wasn't that, you know, that, that the centurion, you know, he wasn't waiting on, on the Lord to do something. He went and he made the move. And then when he moved, Jesus moved. And again, I just, I just, you know, I, I've seen so many Christians and I've done it myself over the years and, and nothing seemingly ever gets accomplished. And we're spinning. It looks like we're spinning our wheels and just nothing's ever happening. And we're waiting on God to do something. But all the time he's waiting on us to make a move, make a move. Absolutely. Here's another one. Matthew, the 15th chapter, verse 21, Jesus went out from there, departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him. See, she made her move and said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. She cries after us. And he, he answered and said, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. See, she's making her move. And, uh, and, and as it goes on, the Lord, well, let's read it here. Verse 26, he said, it's not good to take the children's bread, throw it to little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. When then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great's your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. See, but it wasn't a matter of, you know, you know she could have stayed back home with her daughter in that bad shape, waiting for God to do something, waiting for God to do something. But no, she went, she made her move. She moved toward Jesus. And when she made that move, then he made his move and he sent the word of God and her daughter was healed. Glory to God. Here's another one. John, the fourth chapter, verse 46. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. So when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him. See, he went to him. He made a move and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. When Jesus said, then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll no means, by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. And, and uh, verse 51, and as he was now uh, going down, his servants met him and told him saying, your son lives. 
Then he inquired of them. Now watch this. He inquired of them, verse 52, the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, which is 1 p.m., the fever left him. So the father knew it was at the same hour, It at the same hour. Remember how those, those lepers at twilight? Well, here, at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives, and he himself believed in the whole and his whole household at the same hour. See, this nobleman didn't stay home and wait for God to do something. Like I said, a lot of people are waiting for, I'm talking Christians, born again, spirit-filled Christians are waiting for God to do something. And, and they wait, 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 wait. And all the times like that checker game, God's waiting for them to do something. And when they do something and they take, you know, it took faith for, you know, it took faith for the, for those uh, lepers to move out into the enemy camp. It took faith for them to move out into the enemy camp. And that's what God is looking for. He's not just looking for us to, to just, just make a move, move, if you will, but a move of faith. A move of faith. And that's what all these people we've read about made a move. He's waiting for us to make a move of faith. Absolutely. A move of faith. And when we make that move of faith, trusting in him, believing in him, then he moves. So it's not just any move, just move for the sake of moving, but it's a move of faith. And when we make that move of faith, what do you mean a move of faith? Where you're trusting in him, you're relying on him. You move, do something, seek the Lord. And yeah, you know, and, and, and it may not even make sense like with those lepers to your, you know, you know, may not make complete total sense. But a lot of times living by faith doesn't make sense to the brain. But I tell you what, you, you get the plan of God as best you can. And you may not understand it all, but you move, do something. Like one guy said, let's do something lest we do nothing. You make the move. I tell you what, God will honor that. Make your move. And don't fall into that checker game mentality where, you know, well, I'm just waiting for God to move. You know, I, I know in my life, I'm waiting for God to move, waiting for God to move, and, and it just seems like nothing ever happens. Well, I tell you what, we've got to make a move. We have to make a move. I'll give you some personal examples here. I know uh, I sensed, uh, you know, the call of God on my life. And that, that we needed to go to Bible school. And, and one thing God's helped me with, he's given me a good wife, is she's real good at helping me make moves. <laughs> she, she really is. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of times I'm pretty good at hearing from God and finding out what he wants done. But I, I sometimes have a problem at making the move. But, but he took care of that. He gave me a wife that will help me make the move. And, <laughs> And we, and we do, and, and glory to God, he's blessed us when we've moved and he's moved. And I know, uh, I, I think about like going to Bible school. You know, I told my, my then girlfriend who became my wife, you know, I feel like God, you know, wants me to go to Bible school and, and, uh, and, and all of that. And, but I, you know, I was him humming, humble, humble, humbling around, never getting around to going to it. And, and so, so, uh, finally, well, long story short, we just, we just got married and, and, and we went together. Glory to God. We went to Bible school together. And, and, it, and, and I needed, I tell you what, I needed a job uh, because uh, this is in Tulsa where we went to Bible school. And, uh, uh, you know, I had a good job up here in, in, uh, in, in uh, the St. Louis area, but I had to quit that job to go to 
Bible school. And when we went down there, I needed a job down there. And uh, you talk about us moving and God moving. I made that move and I resigned from my position and, and, and I went down there to Tulsa and uh, I walked into Tulsa Junior College and uh, <laughs> I could talk for an hour on this, but I walk in there and I just happened to, I just, when I walk in there, Tulsa Junior College, I walk in there and I meet the guy who's the head of the math department and I, I just meet him. I talk with him a few moments and uh, he made one telephone call happened to get uh, my supervisor at St. Louis Community College at Merrimack. She just happened to answer the phone, just happened to answer the phone. They talked for a few minutes and he hired me on the spot. And, th- and there's no way I should have ever had that job. Absolutely no way I should have ever had that job at Tulsa Junior College. But I got hired. I mean, I walked in there. It wasn't 10 minutes. I had, I had a nice job. But you see, I had to make the move. I, I, I moved that way and then God moved and he had that job set up for me. And, uh, and, and I know when we went down to Oklahoma, you know, I, before we went there, we, we had made a list of about 10 things that we needed. We needed all 10 of them or we were going to be in trouble when we got down there. You know, we, I needed a job. My wife needed a job. We needed a place to live and some other things. And, uh, and when we got down there, I said to my wife, I said, my goodness, it looks like somebody was here ahead of us that got all this lined up. And it, well, it was. He's Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees ahead, makes provision. But you see, we were making moves up here. And when we were making moves up here, he was making moves up here in St. Louis. He was making moves down there in Tulsa, getting it ready for us. I mean, glory to God. And then in, in starting a church, Summit Church, back in 1994, you know, and uh, we had met in our house for several months and it just didn't really seem like it it was going anywhere one week we'd have you know we'd have five people the next week we'd have three people the next week we week we'd have you know 15 people the next week we'd have two people then we'd have eight people then we'd have nobody <laughs> then my wife and I'd go out and get a snow cone and I just sought the Lord and I, I I felt like he said go down to Rockwood Summit High School read a room and teach my word and so <laughs> And I went, that went on for just a bit. And I finally told my wife and the next thing you know, she, uh, she called up and made it, got it on the calendar and made an appointment and got it all set up. You see, uh, for us to go start our first, our first, uh, uh, church service at Rockwood Summit High School. See, God gave her to me to help me make the move. <laughs> and, and, and I could talk for hours on how God has used her to bless me, to help me make moves in life. And if it wasn't for her, I I tell you what, uh, Summit Church would have never been there where I currently live. The house would have never been built and on and on. So I'm pretty good at hearing, like I said, at hearing from God. But then I kind of sit around and wait for him to move. But hey, he's waiting for us to move. And my wife has been a blessing at 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 uh, uh, seeing to it that I move. Glory to God. Between her and the Holy Ghost, you know, they get me they get me moving in the right way. But you got, we got to make a move. We can't just have the checker game mentality waiting for God to move. Hey, sometimes we got to make a move. He's waiting on us to move. I know uh, you see these people in the Bible, those lepers and the centurion and the Canaanite woman, the nobleman. And, and like here with this nobleman, I remember his servant was healed because he did the math on it. He checked it out when he asked his other servants, at what time was, was my servant healed? And they said uh, at, at 1 p.m. 
the same time at the same hour that he was moving. See, see, God was moving. And uh, I remember one time uh, I, I had just finished a message and some people came up and before I could even leave the pulpit, I dismissed the, 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 the congregation and they were milling around and, you know, some of them going out to their, leaving the building to go to their cars in the parking lot and all of that. And this couple came up to me and they caught me before I even stepped out of the pulpit. They said, we have a, 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 we have a friend and they're, they're very ill. They're in the hospital. And as I recall, I think they were, they were looking, looking at possibly dying. And they said, we, we request prayer. We need prayer and we need it now. And so I prayed with them and I sent the word of God to them. Now, I can't heal anybody, but I just sent the word of God to their friend in the name of the Lord Jesus declared healing. And, uh, and, and we did that and they, and they walked off and they, they, they left, you know, and, and so I'm, I had walked back into my office and, and I came out, I eventually, you know, within 10 minutes, whatever it was, I came out of my office. 15 minutes and they were waiting for me the same couple and they said oh pastor terry we got to tell you something we got to tell you something and i said what is it and i guess about a half an hour had gone by between the time we prayed and the time i went out the office door to to go to my car and they had stuck around and they said oh we got to tell you something what is that uh, i said what is it and they said well you, you know we prayed up there you know before you left the pulpit about a half hour ago i guess it was and uh I said, yeah, yeah. And they said, well, well, we, 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 after we, you prayed and sent the word to our friend, we went out and, and, and we were in the, in the foyer out here and we called and, uh, and it was, I guess they called maybe about, I don't know, 15 minutes after we prayed. And when they called the, the people answered the phone, they said that the person that I had prayed for (laughs) that, that, that they'd made it just, just like, almost like that. They made it, they made a, ch- a change for the better and they did the math on it. They looked at their watches and it was at the exact same time that I had sent the word of God to that sick person, their friend, that, that the change was made. See, what am I trying to get across to you? Those people made a move for prayer and when they moved, then God moved. And that's what I'm trying to get across to you today. Don't fall into the checker game mentality of waiting for God to to move. You do what you you move. You make a move. Move in faith. Move in faith. I tell you, you know, all those things I told you a moment ago about going to Bible school and starting a church and and all of that. (laughs) Let me tell you, it was all by faith. Absolutely. None of it made. Think about quitting my job here in St. Louis and moving 400 miles away you know, your brain's going tilt, 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 tilt. But I knew, I knew God was in it and we made that move and we're moved. All of these things moves of faith. And I tell you what, when we move in faith, God moves and good things happen. Let me just close with two other quick Bible stories for you here. Mark the fifth chapter, verse 25, a certain woman who had a flow or an issue of blood for 12 years, suffered many things from many physicians, spent all that she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. See, this was, this is known as a woman with the issue of blood. She heard about Jesus, but she didn't just stay at home 
and wait for him to come over to her house. If she'd have waited for that, she'd, she'd still be waiting because he wasn't coming over to her house. You know, there, I think about it. You know, there's sometimes when, like Bartimaeus, remember he climbed up in the tree? Not Bartimaeus, uh, Zacchaeus. We'll get to Bartimaeus in a moment. Zacchaeus, remember a little short Zacchaeus? He climbed up in the tree and Jesus came by, looked up, said, come down, I need to go over to your house today. Remember that? Well, that happened to Zacchaeus. That wasn't going to happen to this woman with the issue of blood. You know, it just wasn't. He wasn't going over to her house. So how come, Pastor Terry? I don't know. You'll have to ask the Lord. He wasn't going over to her house. She had to come to him. She had to make that move. To him, he was out in the crowd. You study into it, she had a flow of blood. It was, it was against the law for her to be out in the crowd. But again, desperate people do desperate things. Dire people do dire things. People in dire situations do dire things. I tell you what, she's in a dire straits and, and, and she didn't wait for Jesus to come over, uh, uh, to her house. She made a move toward him. And you know, Jesus didn't go over to most people's houses. He healed multitudes of people. He didn't go over to their houses. They made moves towards him. Now, sometimes he went to people's houses, but most of the time, the people came to him. They reached out to him. You know, you study the Bible and, and you look at the individual healings where Jesus, now he healed the masses and the multitudes, but if you study the individual times where he healed people, where they're mentioned by name, the majority of the time it has to do the, the healing. He puts the emphasis on their faith. Like right here, if you read the rest of the story, he, he said, uh, he said in verse 34, daughter, your faith has made you well. Well, it was his power, but it was her faith that drew the power, but she had to make the move. She left her house. She went out in, in, into the, into, into the public where she wasn't even supposed to go. But you see, she made that move of faith. She didn't stay home just waiting for the Lord. Well, I guess if the Lord wants to heal me, he'll come over to the house and heal me. No, she made that move. She got out of her house. She went out there, got out of her bed, bless God, went out there and touched the hem of his garment in faith and she was healed. She made the move and then he moved. Glory to God. His power moved. Can you say amen to that? Glory to God. Boy, that really illustrates my point, doesn't it? And then finally, Bartimaeus. <laughs> I mentioned him a moment ago, but here, uh, here it is. Bartimaeus, Mark 10, says, Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho, as Jesus went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he'd heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more. See, many warned him. Oh, no, no, just wait. If the Lord wants you, he'll call on you. If he wants you, he'll come get you. If he, you know, shh, shh, don't bother. Just, no, no, no. Bartimaeus wasn't having any of that. He wasn't going to fall into that checker game mentality, waiting for Jesus to do something. No, he cried out. People tried to shut him up, but he cried out all the more. His mentality was, I'm making a move toward God. I'm making a move of faith. I'm crying out. And he said, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. I tell you what, you make a move of faith. It'll stop God in his tracks and you'll get his attention. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying to him, be a good cheer. Now, see, now they're also, when Jesus wants it, now they're saying, okay, be a good cheer. He's calling you. And throwing aside his garment. Now, people read over that and don't realize when he threw aside his garment, that was a begging garment. That was a garment that was his license to beg. And when he threw that, I mean, what a, what a, we're talking about making a move. That was a move of faith. 
I'm not going to need this anymore. I'm not going to need to beg anymore because I've made a move towards the Lord. He's going to touch me. Glory to God. I'm not going to need to be a beggar anymore. He throws that aside. He's making a move. See, he arose and came to Jesus. He made that move. Went to Jesus. Jesus answered him and said, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, or master teacher, he, you know, he, that I might receive my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way. Here it is. See, your faith has made you well. See, he made a move towards the Lord in faith. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Glory to God. See, he made a move towards the Lord. And then the Lord made that move toward him. So, make your move. Don't fall into that checker game mentality just wait for God to do something. Now, you got to be led. Don't just do something just silly and crazy that you, you know what I'm talking about. But but so many people, as I've said, but repetition's a seed of learning. They're just waiting on God, waiting on God, waiting on God. I'm talking Christians again, waiting on God, waiting on God. No, 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 no. Hey, hey. And wondering, they're waiting on God, wondering how come nothing's ever happening. Well, I'll tell you why. You've fallen into that checker game mentality. You're waiting for God to move. And all the time he's waiting for you to move. Make a move of faith towards God. And like with the lepers and all these others, you know, (laughs) hey, you move. And when you move at that same time, God will move. And I tell you what, great things will happen and you'll be glad you did. I'm glad I made those moves of faith I've made over the years. I think back sometimes, what if I hadn't made those moves? (laughs) I'd still be back there where I was, you know, before we started the church, just waiting. (laughs) And you know what I've learned about God? He'd still be waiting on me to make a move. So let's make that move. God will move and good things will happen. Hey, I trust this blessed you today. God bless you. And I need to make a move on out of here. I'll be preaching to you for another hour. Glory to God. So, hey, uh, if you're out, make your move towards God. Make it in faith and he'll move and bless you. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to invite you to get born again. I want to invite you to miss hell and make heaven. You know, the Bible says there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And if you die without receiving Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says you'll go to hell. It's a terrible place. You don't have to go to hell. You know, going to hell is the stupidest thing any person's ever done because you don't have to do it. You can change your eternal destiny that quickly by repenting of your sins and placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. So do that right now. And one day you'll miss hell. You'll make heaven and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Make your move toward Jesus and uh, and you'll be glad you did. God bless you. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.